Thank you to Harvest ETFs for sponsoring this video. I'll talk more about them a little bit later in the video. One of the biggest challenges that retirees have today is you need to ensure that the cash flow that you have in retirement is going to be sufficient to cover your lifestyle expenses. The sources of cash flow that you need obviously have to be very reliable and they have to be dependable. And a solution that has become very popular in recent uh, years here in Canada are exchange-traded ETFs. And in particular, we're looking at funds that use a covered call overlay that generates additional income in the fund. That income is then flowed through to the unit holder. In this video, I'm going to discuss some of the key features of this type of fund. And I'm going to specifically look at how they can be used by retirees to solve these cash flow requirements. I'm also very pleased to say that in preparation for this video, I spoke with Michael Kovacs. And Michael is the President, Chief Executive Officer at Harvest ETF. Michael answered some of the questions that I had about the logic behind this type of fund. We got into some more details on a couple of the funds that Harvest um, offers. So first off, there are obviously a lot of different investment choices that we have uh, as retirees. One of the most important, one of the major factors you have to consider when you're deciding what's right for you is the stage of life that you're at. Now, typically, but not always, as a person gets closer and closer to retirement or certainly when you're in retirement, very common that you would look for investments in industries that are stable or very reliable um, as a portion of your investment portfolio. You want to have some growth, no question about it, but you also want to have that stability and reliability while you're in those retirement years. Um, ideally, you're looking for a type of investment that offers a combination of the two, some realistic growth opportunities, but also provides a good source of income. A couple of industries that meet these criteria and that I personally invest in that sort of jump out at me are the healthcare industry. I mean, this is something that is just going to keep growing and growing and aging population. It's just going to become a, a bigger and bigger part of the investment landscape. And a second sector is the utility space, which provides services that we use on a daily basis, things like heat, uh, electricity to our homes, water. These are services that uh, regardless of an economic situation, they're always going to be um, in demand. I want to look a little bit deeper into each of those spaces. And I'll start with the healthcare system. If you're looking for a, a few reasons why you might want to invest in this space, like I said, uh, population is aging. Baby boomers are making up a bigger and bigger chunk uh, of our society. Uh, life expectancy is increasing. That's putting additional uh, stress on the healthcare space. Um, obesity and uh, diabetes, these are a couple of conditions that are becoming more and more common and obviously require some uh, medical care. Uh, technological advances that are keeping us alive longer, just exasperating that problem. And then finally here, the, uh, the global pandemics. And we've just obviously what we've been through uh, with the COVID-19 scare, healthcare isn't just a regional issue anymore. It's something that can happen, you know, start around the world and it can affect us here um, in Canada, in North America, or you know, something here could start that could affect us around the world. Some reasons that I might want to invest in utilities um, on the shorter term, I think that utilities uh, should be uh, benefiting from a probably an upcoming drop in the interest rates uh, cycle. When I look at it from a longer term basis, obviously the utility space is very stable. Um, it provides regular, reliable dividends. That's something that we really want in our retirement years. Also, downside protection against recessions. This is something that although, you know, when there's a recession, the markets drop in general, a utility company will probably go along with that. But as we'll look at in a few minutes, the, the volatility is less than you would expect from the broader market. Um, the fact that a lot of utility companies are regulated, that has its pros and its cons. Uh, but there are the, the pro, one of the pros to it is that, again, uh, the, the revenues are assured coming in there. And uh, also, there's a very long runway ahead of us in the renewable energy space. And most of these um, large global utility companies nowadays, they're also shifting much into the renewable energy space. So that's uh, there's a lot 
uh, to look forward uh, going ahead there. Now I'm going to go into a little bit more detail on a couple of the harvest funds and you can see how they fit uh, the bill for this type of investment. First I want to chat just for a second about covered calls because I did allude to this earlier and one of the strategies that an ETF can use is what's called a covered call overlay and they do this because you're able to generate a higher yield um, into the portfolio and that way you can flow the cash distribution through to the unit holders and this has become very very popular in the last number of years. In this video, I'm not gonna get into the specifics of how covered calls work, uh, but I do go into this in much more detail in another video and I will put a link um, if you wanna get more information on that. I'm also gonna share some of my conversation with Michael who was able to offer some more insight into the overall covered call strategy, but also some more specifics onto some of the um, harvest funds in particular. And I want to dive into a couple of those funds now. I'm going to start with the Harvest Healthcare Leaders Income ETF. The ticker on this fund is HHL. As you can see from this chart as of November 30th, the current yield is 8.97%. And this fund is an equally weighted portfolio of 20 large cap global healthcare companies. So this is a very solid way of ensuring that you have that, that monthly distribution into your portfolio. They also use an active uh, covered call strategy. Some of the benefits of investing in this type of fund, you look at these global trends I spoke about in the long-term growth in the space itself. They have 20 large cap global healthcare stocks. So there's good diversification there. It pays monthly income and it does have the opportunity for capital appreciation as well. The covered call strategy itself will enhance the income that comes into the portfolio and it will provide statistically lower portfolio volatility. When we look at the next slide here, we can see the companies that this fund holds and you know, a lot of these names you're going to be very familiar with. These are companies that are uh, predominantly based in the US. There's about a 97% exposure to the United States market here, but these are companies that do business around the world. Pharmaceuticals make up about a third of the fund, healthcare equipment and supplies another quarter. And then you can look down this list and see the subsectors that the fund invests in. This fund is available in either a hedged or an unhedged version. So those of you who want to factor the currency exchange in there, you can pick your choice. Uh, the orange line here in this chart is hedged, the blue is unhedged, and you can see over the last five years the difference that the currency play has made. The management fee on the fund is 0.85%. It is eligible for your RSP, your RIF, your RESP, or a TFSA. As I mentioned, there are these three versions actually. There's the hedge fund, uh, there's the unhedged fund, and there is a US dollar fund. Now I also want to talk about the Harvest Equal Weight Global Utilities Income ETF, HUTL, is the ticker on this fund. The fund invests in 30 global utility companies and it covers utilities, telecommunications, oil and gas storage, and transportation. So you can see this is what I was talking about earlier as far as having the, the breadth um, of the sector uh, involved um, in your investment strategy. A couple of other things I want to talk about in this fund here. It has a large cap global utility stocks, very sustainable cash flows. It is designed for investors who are looking for a defensive position. It does provide that income, but it also does provide some more downside protection. It does have a lower correlation of volatility when compared to the broader market. It does use a covered calls strategy, just like the healthcare fund, and that's used to bring additional income into the portfolio. Now this fund is available only in a hedged version. On this next slide, you can see some of the companies that the fund invests in, and there is more Canadian exposure in this. You'll recognize some of the names on this list here. Canada has about 23% of the portfolio. United States is still the leader at 40%. It's about one third in utilities, 
about 30% in diversified telecom services. And again, you can look down here and see where the money in this fund is put in. Now, I talked a little bit about volatility and how important it is that you have the stability of a portfolio when you're retired. And when we look at this chart here, you can see that the fund is currently trading at a beta of 67 uh, versus the TSX. So that means basically uh, two thirds of the volatility of the TSX you will experience in this fund here. So it is a lower volatile fund than the, the broader Toronto Stock Exchange uh, market here. And again, you would sort of expect that given the diversification within the fund, something we want to look for. Um, I do want to jump now to the interview portion. The first question I asked Michael, I mentioned that I know that Harvest itself has a long track record of using covered calls to generate this extra income into a portfolio. And I asked Michael what personally got him involved in covered call. What was the, what was the impetus be that he had for going this route? This is what he had to say. I actually appreciate the question because it gives us a chance to talk a little bit more about the history of Harvest. When we launched the company back in 2009, uh, you had a lot of high yielding stocks. I mean, you could get 11%, I think on BMO at the time or 9% on CIBC. So we launched our first fund in 2009, which was the Banks and Buildings Fund, which is a little tiny mutual fund now that no one really pays attention to. But it actually has 14 years of consistent monthly distributions. And that was great. Well, you know, as markets started to come back from the financial crisis, by the time we got to about 2013, yields were getting pretty low. And it was at that point in time we decided to implement a covered call writing strategy to continue to keep our yields uh, attractive. And uh, by 2014, we, we started off actually using an outside provider for about a year, and then we built our own team internally, and we've been running our own covered call strategy since 2014. So it's, it's worked very well. Um, we have a number of funds that are now been ETS for eight years, nine years. They've been consistently paying their distributions. And we think it's a strategy that, that really helped out as interest rates got extremely low for a while. Uh, and allowed us to continue to generate that high level of income. And it's, and it's worked well. We've seen, uh, obviously, the last year performance has been tougher, but generally over the longer term, we've been able to sort of keep consistent with our, with our cash flows, with our distributions, uh, and let performance work in the background um, with the funds. So it's, it's worked out very well since really 2013 when we launched the uh, cover call strategies. Another question I had from Michael was, um, as a retiree, I mentioned earlier, the consistency, the dependability uh, of income is so important. I really wanted to stress that. So I asked him with the funds that Harvest runs, how consistent have the distributions been and how many times in the various funds have they raised the distributions over time? Well, they, they, they've been consistent throughout uh, the, the piece and uh, we launched the actual um, ETF company in 2016. Uh, and all of our core uh, uh, ETFs have consistently have consistently paid out distributions with regards to hikes. I actually went through this the other night with uh, our, with Paul McDonald, our CFO, our COO, CIO, and um, we've actually had seven hikes. We uh, increased HTA, which is our tech fund, three times, uh, and some of that flowed over to our HTAE, which is our enhanced version. So it had a uh, a distribution hike again uh, earlier this year. Um, our um, brands fund, we've had a, an increase. Uh, our energy fund, we've increased it a couple of times. So the point is we've, we've actually been able to sort of bump them up as, uh, as time has gone on. But what I think is also important is the consistency uh, of those distributions. Because if you look at HHL, which is one of our longest running uh, healthcare ETFs, um, it's paid out over $380 million in distributions in its lifetime. So it's never missed a distribution. It continues to pay. And it's sort of like the granddaddy, if you will, of the uh, cover call space in Canada in uh, the ETF market. 
there's obviously a, a motivation that the company has here to pay these consistent distributions, but distributions can't be guaranteed. Just the nature of the business says that you can't put a guarantee on them. So I asked Michael, what conditions does he see that would either allow them to raise distributions or force them to make cuts? And here was his response. Yeah, well, that's 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 a great question. And I know I, I can only speak to our own uh, methodology. We set our distributions once a year. And uh, I mean, you could change them if you had to at any point in time, but we, we set the policy for each particular ETF once a year based on you know, the market's volatility, sort of what we expect to happen with interest rates, et cetera. Uh, and we want to set it at a point where we know that we are over earning that distribution if we're meeting our, our option writing objectives. So for us to increase a distribution, we'd have to see that we're actually writing at a lower level. So we're writing call options at a lower level than we're required. So for example, we could write up to 33%, uh, say in the technology fund, but we found we were only writing at about 17, 18% uh, earlier this year with the volatility and the performance. So that allowed us to increase the amount of writing and therefore increase the distribution um, and still maintain the objective. So we were very careful when we're, when we're setting our objectives because of any, any of us know we've been in the market for a long time, expect sooner or later a 30% drop. You know, markets do um, three or four times in a century, you can get 50% drops. So we try to factor that in, sort of the what if scenario, and we stress test uh, the ETFs for those distributions. On the other side of the token, if, it, if we had to do, uh, reduce the distribution, it's almost the same thing. If we saw that we were under earning, we, couldn't, we were running at the maximum level, we couldn't maintain that distribution, we don't want to start encroaching on capital. So at that point in time, we would start to reduce the, the distribution. Luckily, that hasn't been the case, but you have to look at both sides when you're setting your distribution amount. I also asked Michael to comment uh, specifically on the two spaces that I uh, was looking at in this video here, the utility sector, uh, the healthcare space, because again, those are two spaces that I identify as being pretty important for a retiree's portfolio. And um, I know uh, from reading some previous material that he is uh, pretty excited right now about the utilities fund, HUTL. Uh, I, I asked him what in particular he could share with us does he like about that space now and just in general. Well, you're right. We are excited about it for a couple of reasons. One, uh, as you've mentioned, people have to keep the lights on. They have to keep the heat on. They need water. Uh, they need electricity. So utilities play a very important role in our in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, but we're also at a point in time, <clears throat> excuse me, where, and we've all seen it recently, where it looks like the interest rate cycle has peaked uh, and is starting to, to decline. Uh, even with the, the Fed's announcement the other day, we were surprised. We thought they might be a little more hawkish, but they really struck a dovish tone. And if you see interest rates start to drop off 25, 50, 75 basis points over the next year, that's going to have a huge effect on interest rate sensitive sectors like utilities, because when rates were rising, a lot of the interest rate sensitive sectors got beaten up. Uh, now we're starting to see the opposite happen where long-term uh, utilities uh, will probably start to see a nice move up in their stock prices as well as that generation of income. So for that reason, we're excited about that for uh, th that potential move on interest rates and how it's going to affect the utilities market. I also spoke with Michael about HHL, the other fund that we looked at here, the healthcare fund uh, that we talked about a little bit earlier. And I asked Michael, why did he feel, if you're looking at, at this point in time, why is HHL a worthwhile pickup at this stage that we're in right now? Again, going back to one of your points earlier, it's healthcare is considered a defensive good. And, and by that, we, we mean, you know, whether you're 
But the economy is strong or weak. People need medical treatment. They need operations as medical equipment that's required, uh, drugs and services and, and uh, hospital services, insurance services. These are all sort of superior goods and are required throughout someone's life. And as we get older, we, we need more of these, um, these goods. And then also we've got a situation in the Western world where you've got a very developed economy with an aging population. So more of our money is being spent on healthcare. And then on the developing world side, you've got, as those economies get wealthier, they're spending more of their GDP on healthcare. So generally we think we love the sector internationally, globally, and we think there's great wins behind it for the long term. Um, one of the reasons why we're excited as well about healthcare is last year, well, 2023, uh, 2022, actually the sector held up very well uh, when markets were getting starting to get beaten up. But, um, you know, healthcare stocks got beaten up this year. And we think, again, there's a great opportunity here. Nothing's changed. They're great businesses. Uh, we make adjustments within our portfolio in areas that we think might perform better going uh, sort of going forward. And then we've got that steady covered call writing which helps us generate that income consistently every month. And we talked about the 380 million we've paid out on that fund so far. So great sector, long-term growth uh, dynamics behind it uh, and steady cash flow. So we're, we're very, again, excited about that sector going forward. So that gives us some pretty good insight into the way that uh, Michael and the team there at Harvest run the funds. Um, I was just signing off to Michael and I did um, note that one of their funds, HTA, it's the Harvest Tech Achievers Growth Income ETF. And I noticed uh, when I was preparing for this video, they did it just won a second consecutive Lipper Award. That's a pretty big thing in the fund industry. So I just uh, asked Michael if he would expand on that and share that, uh, that news with us. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Uh, we'd love to uh, share our successes. That's... Um... That whole sector, technology, and we're talking about healthcare and, and utilities, but I mean, whether it's on our, what we're doing right now, this communication through technology, our phones, our cars, our refrigerators, everything seems to be uh, tied to technology more and more in our lives. And that's, that's just been a great sector. Uh, and we've been able to, we've got a great manager running that portfolio, which is James Lermont. And James has been very good at sort of reallocating whether he's at more into semiconductors right now and, and lightening up on equipment. Uh, he's just done a fantastic job of sort of positioning that fund uh, in the large cap areas uh, of the tech market. And then again, adding back in your, your income, uh, that's, that's just helped that fund have a good consistent distribution and, and track record over the last three to five years, which is what we've been winning these awards for. So that's two in a row that we've picked up now. Um, and uh, again, Great sector, and I think we've got a great manager behind it. So if you are looking for that consistent, that reliable cash flow in your retirement that goes through you know, strong global sectors, that's the way I invest my uh, portfolio to provide me with my retirement income, uh, you can go ahead and check the links in the description. I will put some more information there um, on the Harvest Funds in particular. Uh, I will also put a link for our Investing Academy. And as always, I thank you for watching this video. I look forward to seeing you in the next one.